We are back. As promised at the top of the show, we're going to discuss uh, the uh, the visit at the Mondavi Center uh, last Monday of um, former vice presidential candidate, Senator John Edwards. Uh, it was billed as an evening with John Edwards and the former uh, candidate and current director of the Center on Poverty, Work, and Opportunity addressed the crowd at uh, Jackson Hall Mondavi Center at 8 p.m., Radio Parallax was privileged to attend the press conference, which took place a half hour earlier, which we recorded. Unfortunately, the uh, the audio is not so good on some of the questions, so I'm going to have to go through and uh, and, and and reiterate what was said, and then play for you John Edwards's answers. Interestingly, uh, Radio Parallax took along a real bona fide journalist uh, for this event, which we'll tell you a little bit about after uh, after we play the uh, interview slash press conference. Well, I'm glad to be here. And I actually had a, we had a great meeting earlier this afternoon with students in this, in this room. I uh, had a terrific informal discussion. And in a few minutes, I'll have a chance to talk to uh, lots of people from the, from the university, from the community, which I'm looking forward to. And the focus will be uh, poverty, which is where I'm spending most of my time now. I think it's the great moral issue facing America today, 37 million people who live in poverty. Most of you probably know this, but I'm the director of a poverty center at UNC Chapel Hill, uh, where we're looking at the causes of poverty and, and new 21st century ideas about what to do about poverty. Uh, I spent a lot of time traveling the country, going to college campuses to engage young people in the fight against poverty and, uh, and meeting with families who live in poverty so that I understand as best I can the, the struggles they go through every single day. So that's where my uh, life's work and passion is these days, and uh, I care deeply about this. Did before I ever got in, involved in politics. I'd be happy to take questions. I asked uh, the senator uh, about the fact that it seemed to be more than a rumor that there was some conflict between him and his running mate, Senator John Kerry, about the matter of what some thought to be a rather early concession the day after the election. The senator slipped the punch rather expertly with the following. Well, John Kerry is my friend. I don't think it's appropriate for me. Uh, uh, I'm, I was his partner in this election. I believed in him. I believe he would have made a, uh, a very good president. I believed that then. I believe it now. He's a very good human being. Uh, it's, it's, sometimes there are things that, that, we, that people differ about. And uh, I've already in the past said what I thought about, the, about this issue. And um, I'll, just, I'll stand on that. Now, the truth is, uh, it is not a matter of public record, (laughs) John Edwards' position on John Kerry's early concession. I didn't think it was, even though it does appear in Mark Crispin Miller's Fool Again. And we've heard from uh, uh, Jerry, our correspondent in Pennsylvania, that people close to Edwards say that it's a fact that he was steamed at John Kerry for conceding so early. He wanted to fight it out. He wanted to basically try and make every vote count. They did raise an awful lot of money for that. But I'm sorry to say I let him get away with that. I should have asked a hard follow-up question of where can we find that senator? But alas, in my youthful inexperience, I did not. So we let him get away with it. Radio Parallax then asked the senator to comment about the war in Iraq. Well, I, you, may, you probably have, have no reason to know this, but I wrote a, an op-ed in the Washington Post a couple of months ago uh, on this very subject. And you may know that I voted for the resolution on the war. And the first sentence of the, of the op-ed was, I was wrong. Uh, and I was. I was wrong to vote for this war. 
And uh, I, my own view is in order for us to take the high ground and for America to have the kind of moral leadership that the world deserves from us, uh, we have to begin by telling the truth, the truth about what's happened in the past. And then we have a difficult judgment to make. I have my own judgment, which I'll tell you. But we have a difficult judgment to make about what we do going forward. And that judgment, I think, hinges on whether you believe that the presence of troops at the level that we've had is more helpful or harmful. In my opinion, it's more harmful uh, because it feeds the insurgency, feeds the perception that we are an occupying force, feeds the perception that we're going to be there forever. Uh, we have to send clear, a clear and unmistakable signal to the world that we intend to leave that we intend to let the, allow the Rockies to govern themselves and to provide their own security. And that means starting quickly with, uh, I'm not for immediate withdrawal, let me say that, immediate and total withdrawal. But I do think we have to start drawing down troops in substantial enough numbers that the world can see that we're serious about letting the Iraqis run their own country. I don't know about you, dear listener, but I'm not sure I was entirely satisfied by that answer. I do think it is good that he, Senator Edwards has come forward and admit he was wrong to have voted for the war. Our assistant uh, then asked, how do you define victory? Which, of course, is a question an awful lot of people are asking now in, in the U.S. of A. I think stability uh, combined with the Iraqis having their own government. Uh, I think the, the, we can't control the form of the government, nor should we. Uh, you know, they have uh, a whole different uh, history than we do, of course, and a, a different perspective on what's important to them. It's their country. It's not ours. The most uh, surprising answer uh, that came out of Senator Edwards uh, came when a UCD student noted that she was hoping to go to law school in the future and asked him if he thought there wasn't a need in this country for some tort reform. Yes, there is need for reform. I think that there, I think you start with the basic idea that we do still have the best legal system in the world. I was in, uh, in Russia just a few months ago because we're doing a, uh, co-chairing a task force with Jack Kemp on Russia for the Council on Foreign Relations. And they have a legal system that's totally dysfunctional and corrupt. And the result is there is no, there is no real rule of law. That's not true in America. I mean, the rule of law, for the most part, applies, applies in America. Uh, but that doesn't mean, for example, that doctors who, who talk about healthcare providers, including doctors, who talk about getting squeezed because they have trouble getting paid for their services by the government and by insurance companies. And on the reverse side, on the flip side, their costs are going up dramatically, cost of malpractice insurance going up dramatically. It's a very real problem. Well, here's what I'd do. I would put more responsibility on the lawyers. I think that most of the time the people who have complaints about the medical care they've gotten, they have no way of evaluating whether the care was below standard or not. They go to a lawyer who they ask to tell them. And I think the lawyer should be held responsible for fully, before they ever file a case in the legal system, fully evaluating the case, have independent experts review it, determine that it's meritorious or not, uh, and then certify that that's been done. And I would hold the lawyers financially accountable for that so that we keep cases out of the legal system that don't belong there. So I think there is good, reasonable reform uh, that could actually be very helpful, helpful in helping reduce costs. 
I just want to add to that that uh, as a practicing physician, I do know people who practiced on the East Coast, and uh, John Edwards had quite a reputation uh, in the vicinity of Johns Hopkins University for being quite the adept ambulance chaser. And yes, it's good for him to make a suggestion that uh, lawyers would be held financially accountable. I think that's an excellent idea. But having to uh, have an evaluation done by independent experts uh, I don't think is that much in the way of tort reform. People know what the good cases are in terms of getting a big settlement. John Edwards certainly did. He didn't pick cases where people died. He picked them where there had been cases where children were going to have problems for the rest of their lives because when you brought out the kids before the jury, that's when you get the big settlement. Of course, I should clarify when I say that, that uh, Edwards picked cases where it, it, it wasn't necessarily clear that the doctor was at fault. That's from people I know in the medical field. But, of course, juries are, are not uh, medically trained, and they are swayed by slick-talking lawyers. But anyway, I'm glad at least he's talking about tort reform. And another good question of the senator came from uh, George Franco, formerly of KOVR Television, currently working for Fox 5, WAGA in Atlanta, who accompanied me to the, uh, uh, this press conference. And actually, it was the person I'm referring to when I say uh, our assistant. George could not resist asking about the Abramoff scandal. Well, I don't know much more about it than you do, from having read the news reports and seen the television reports. I, I think that, that it's part of a culture that the American people are very concerned about. Uh, what's happened is you have the Republican leaders in Congress who, who work with these special interest groups and lobbyists and so forth, and uh, the voice of the American people is lost in the process. And obviously this guy, Abramoff, is, uh, uh, is it, at least I hope, at one extreme of, the, of, the, of what goes on there. But I, I think most people in the country want to see clean government. They want to feel like the government's working for them, and they're, they're sick of what they're saying. John Edwards had answered more questions than that. He had more to say on, on the topic of, of poverty and what he's trying to do to combat it. And, of course, that was the whole point of his uh, hour-long speech to the Mondavi audience. Um, during the press conference, a student asked him about um, the relevance of students to what he was trying to do, and he said that he likes to speak to university campuses across the country. He hopes that students can get involved in this, uh, in this battle against poverty. He feels that um, the young people can make a difference, citing the, uh, the 1960s war protests, which did uh, eventually change uh, the way the U.S. went about its business. So he had a lot of faith in young people, and uh, to that uh, we say bravo. And joining us now in the program, who uh, rendered assistance uh, during the press conference, George Franco, a former reporter at KOVR, Channel 13 here in Sacramento. George moved to Atlanta last year, where he's taken up with the Fox organization. Uh, we, we've uh, known George for years. He's been on this program previously, talking about the passing of David Brinkley. That was uh, a couple years back. But I was glad to have him at the press conference to show how a professional trained reporter barks out questions. It was a, it was a good role model for me. So, uh, George Franco, welcome back to Radio Parallax. My pleasure. I mean, if you ask me to do something, I am there for you. You agreed to accompany me to the, uh, to the uh, Edwards interview so we could learn a little bit from a professional in the news business. How to, oh, you're kind. How to uh, bat some questions out. And I was very impressed by your reflexes. Well, I think when it comes to um, events like what we had with Edwards tonight, and you've got a candidate who's at a national level who um, has 
run with the crowd in mainstream media, um, he knows how to handle the curves, and he handled them well. And there's uh, topical discussions that involve war, that involve our next president, that involve people's lives. And, and if his train right now is um, following um, poverty and what to do about it, so be it. But I think candidates, uh, okay, he didn't declare himself as a candidate, but someone who potentially could run. leaves himself yeah. open to all questions. And you have to ask the question. Well, it's funny because they were trying to wrap things up. And in fact, he said, final question. <laughs> he said, I'll take two from a couple of UC Davis yeah, students. And then you asked the question that I think he really was hoping someone was going to ask him about the Iraq war. I don't think people of this country um, have forgotten the war at all. We're 25. I Forgive me. I do not know the number of dead right now. We're past 2000. Um, and I have lost track of all the families I have talked to of all the soldiers that have been buried. From Sacramento to Atlanta, the stories of Americans coming home in boxes draped in American flags that we do not see yes. is constant, and Americans deserve the answers, and those are the questions that need to be put there. Our leaders have the ultimate power of life and death by sending American men and women to war. They have to be held accountable. Well, well said, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad that, I think that uh, your follow-up question also about what constitutes victory, I mean, Edwards looked, you couldn't see it obviously in radio, but he looked quite puzzled for a moment. Isn't that the truth? I've asked that question at a number of other uh, locations. I think it was Senator Saxby Shambliss, uh, Georgia senator, and we were talking about Georgia issues, but I always ask the war question, and I think that question, when you ask it, what constitutes victory in this war? It's not a definable issue. I no. think you mentioned, I love the word cloud words. They talk around words and cloud words that they can surround themselves like a giant bubble or a balloon and kind of squish it, feel it, maybe shape it and move it around. But they never really get to the heart of the matter. And we hear a lot of cloud words from politicians. And, and I wish we could just pop the balloon and see what's inside and get past the cloud words and get to the meat of the matter. What's, what's your take on him, by the way? You're feeling you're seeing him in person in the flesh. I had seen him, um, obviously, during the campaign. And... Maybe I'm a bit smitten by somebody who says Americans deserve the truth. Many Republicans are going to be stung by the Abramoff issue because uh, Abramoff is going to come clean and he's cut a deal uh, about some scandals and some deals that were made through him as a lobbyist. And there are people shaking in their boots in Washington. And remember, I did ask him, can you name names? And he kind of kind yeah. of chuckled and he said, well, I forget his exact wordings, but... You know as much about it as I do, I think. Yeah, he kind of worked, the, he did the cloud words. Yeah. So my take on him is that he's a consummate politician. He knows the answers. Uh, they're canned. I feel that if you ask him this in North Dakota, New York, or Sacramento, it will always be the same response. He's very measured, but what else do we have to look for? Yeah. I don't. I don't know what the other comparisons are. So it's like, okay, well, I liked him. Well, George, we appreciate you being deputized for Radio Parallax. <laughs> Anytime. I hope, I hope we need to call you in Atlanta. You can be our Atlanta correspondent. You know, if you call me in Atlanta and there are big stories there, I will deliver. 
Let me ask you this. You, you went from uh, KOVR, which was, I guess, a, a CBS affiliate CBS, here in Sacramento. Right. And you went to Fox uh, in Atlanta. Fox owned and now, operated. Is it true that Rupert Murdoch is surrounded by evil robots acting as his minions? <laughs> <laughs> I've not personally seen. I've actually kind of looked around the newsroom looking for the microchips that are placed everywhere. And uh, sometimes I have to look in the back of my head and say, are you going to scan me and, 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 you know, deputize me into those ranks? I know that... Corporate media is its entity right now, that it's a business, and that uh, you got to deliver the goods. So not, will... so not so different on Fox from CBS. No, Fox 5 News is WAGA, W-A-G-A, in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And we focus on local news. Um, we don't focus on the O'Reilly factor. We don't focus on John Gibson's rants. We don't focus on whatever the talk of the day is, whether you call it spin or no spin, whatever you call it. We don't do that. We do what is happening and important to Atlanta. And I think that's the goal of local news. And I hope that CBS 13, um, okay, I'll put this dig in there. I'm going <laughs> to miss Paul Johnsich and Jennifer Whitney because um, they were a face to this community that represented people they could trust. And yeah. I think uh, any TV station that represents a community has to rebuild that small mountain of trust. And CBS 13 has a haul to go, but I will say that Sam Shane, the replacement of Paul Johnson, very credible newsman, really a good guy. Um, I wish them the best of luck. I will miss Jennifer Whitney and Paul Johnson. I miss Channel 13, I miss Sacramento. Uh, but in this business, when the call comes, Sometimes you got to take it, and I had to do it. One more thing. I think independent voices like yourself are critical at this time. Uh, there is a, a chorus of discourse in this country, and I think it's not American to follow what you want to follow and what people might say is the drumbeat of the most popular view, the, most, uh, the majority that speaks. I think what is American is to have discourse and to have discussion and to have debate and to come to your own conclusions. I am frankly sick and tired of people saying they are more American than somebody else because they agree with one point of view. You do not have to agree with all points of view to be American. What is American is to find your point of view and to find your own opinion, your own world, your own peace of this country that fits to what you feel is appropriate. And we all have, all have moral standards and we all have pieces of the puzzle that we fit in for ourselves. So I don't buy the fact that somebody's more American than somebody else. Take that, Sean Hannity. Well, bridging the gap between commercial television and public radio, George Franco joining us here tonight and is now deputized as our Atlanta correspondent. George, thanks. Come Thank again. Thank you. You'll be back in the fall, I guess. I will be back. Come drop by. I'm Douglas Everett. This is Radio Parallax on KDVS 90.3 FM. Let's take a short break.